Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> now that we've had talked for two hours prior. <laughs> yep. We're ready to record. <laughs> okay. So sometimes Buzz Slaps. I'm Mac. I'm Jubes. And today is book club number 10. 10. Yeah. Numero <laughs> Diaz. <laughs> Diaz. I don't know. Spanish 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 yeah, I know Diaz is en français. I was going to do dos, but I was like, that's two. So Cuban is in, Cuban. in Suomia. In which? Finnish. Oh, okay. So am I. Um, I mean, your valley's from Finnish, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was... Ra- <laughs> I was writing up a description, and I was like, what language did this come from? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, your valley's Finnish. Okay, so I was right then. Perfect. Amazing. What's new with you, Mac? Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple things. So... One of our guests that you guys will hear from in second week of September, mm-hmm. so a couple weeks from now, yeah, um, he was hosting a cremate your past workshop. And so I went to oh, that on Monday. Yeah, I completely missed that. Yeah, <laughs> I sent you the link. I didn't know like, if you just didn't want to go. I didn't want to follow up and like yeah. feel like you being like, oh no, I just couldn't make it or whatever. No, it, I completely. I didn't have mental space for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot, it, it came at the perfect time for me because mm. it, my chest felt like. 12 sandbags were on it that day yeah it was just like everything boiling up to a point and i was like i'm done <laughs> and then i had a good cry good good <laughs> crying after yoga is good no that was before it oh <laughs> good <laughs> good good my eye is watering right now so it's just like i'm crying right now yeah i had a good cry and then which never happens mm-hmm. and then went to the workshop and whatever but yeah it was actually really good it was like two-ish hours. Oh, nice. They had scheduled time for, like, two and a half if it took that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole premise of it is, like, group work and group sharing and connection and whatnot. And then on top of that, there was also, like, a, a yin yoga flow. So it was really nice to get back into yin yoga yeah. and, like, stretch and yeah. whatever. And then one of our friend's moms, she was there in it as well. And so we were beside each other. And there was one point she looks over and she's like, how are you so flexible? <laughs> I was like, I was a figure skater. That's yeah, why. right. But then the uh, the host was like, it's not, it doesn't matter how flexible you are. It's like, yeah. it's how you feel, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, How yeah. did you find the journaling portion of it? Because I remember we talked about that. It was good. It wasn't as long as I was anticipating. Oh, okay. It was just like you had to write down something from your past or present that you just wanted to release. Oh, nice. And there was a burning, like a fire kind of oh, cool. ritual Okay. towards the end of it and stuff so we just so like it's just like i release yeah. xyz and then you burn it to actually yeah release it. But you oh, wrote cool. it down in words like things that just don't suit you anymore mm-hmm. things you want to release things that you're letting go of once you leave the doors yeah tonight yeah and then yeah and they burned nice. it at the end and so it was kind of it was fun mm-hmm. it was uh i had a good time yeah it was definitely weird to get into like to talk about yourself right it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a muscle you don't oh did you have to be like it was a little bit of a group sharing, yeah. oh, a group goodness, sharing okay. portion of something you want to release and stuff. Right. And so it was like, naturally, like I talked about my, my hair and my health mm. and all that 
things that come with with that right? yeah like I was like oh yeah like I I've carried a lot of this emotion that I wanted to release mm-hmm. um all throughout high, my life and then it just really kind of escalated and after high school when I just used partying and drinking and mm-hmm. to feel relevant and happy and even though it was a fake happy yeah which then caused some aggressive physical changes right my hair losing half my hair um gaining a bunch of weight having like organs ne- near failure yeah and so that had an, an aggressive physical halt on yeah. this I was like I'm no longer allowed to to use this mechanism otherwise I will die mm-hmm. at 22 <laughs> yeah it's this isn't no longer healthy yeah yeah and so it was like a, a four years now it's, I'm coming on four years of coming off of that oh wow it's been four years of work so in that moment which is that's exciting nuts to think about though should we throw a party <laughs> four years you're still not dying yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, but like actually, but I, just yeah. never, I just never thought about it though, because like I, that would have been in uh, June, June yeah, when I found out about everything. Wow, and it was 2019. It's crazy to look back, hey. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like physically, I still am bigger. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't lost the weight fully from that, but I have put on a ton of muscle. Yes, and my hair is back, mm-hmm. and my face looks normal again. Yeah, and. It's just like I feel good. Yeah. You know? And that's most important. Yeah. yeah. I still want to get my body fat percentage down just mm-hmm. because for health purposes. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't need to be carrying extra fat around my organs just yeah. for because. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not like an immediate overhaul pressure halt. Mm-hmm. Right. Even when we go to live blood cell analysis now, right? I take it because I'm like, it's a vice and it's good. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't so like I'm stopping everything I'm doing to follow this advice. Exactly. As it was for the first time that I went. Yes. Now it's more preventative maintenance yeah. instead of like an absolute system overhaul. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like okay, yeah, no, I can feel my liver mm-hmm. sl- like lagging and yeah. I need to have heal that. So I will drink more dandelion tea and mm-hmm. do all these other things. But if I forget it, I don't feel guilty. Right. Yes. It's not like this is life or death for me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Which, and very much it was during that time. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, went to that workshop, and then last night, my boyfriend and I went and played soccer again. Fourth time, I'm getting a lot better. Ooh. Catch me at my soccer career at 29. Good luck. You <laughs> <laughs> will not be in the stands. <laughs> I love you. I hate soccer. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. He's like teaching me different like tricks and stuff and That's things sweet. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one trick where you have to kick the ball like you have to swing your one leg behind the other leg and kick it that way. That's exactly what I was thinking of when you said tricks. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's what I envisioned. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what the name is. He's told me the name. I can't remember. Yeah. Regardless. Um. <laughs> so I've been doing it and I've actually been pretty good at it the past three times I tried it. Mm-hmm. Yesterday when we were just like kicking it back and forth, I went to try to do that. Yeah. Got too confident, kicked my foot out from underneath myself. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, that's ground. amazing. <laughs> I just let out a little yelp and he just fucking <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> it was a yelp. But, and then I was like, hey, it took me a long time to get that. I'm yeah. actually impressed how long that took. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's and so then, sick. And then when I was in the shower after that, I guess he was like kicking around a tennis ball and he did the same thing. He like kicked his foot up from underneath him and he bit it as well. <laughs> You're a giant thud. And you're like, hello? <laughs> 
so it was fun oh that's awesome and then one other thing um so my boyfriend is caribbean mm-hmm. um and so he's been getting me into like all of these caribbean snacks you're getting me to try these foods and snacks now mm-hmm. and so there's this peanut punch that is from jamaica originally and it through me the first time i tried it i was not expecting it to be mm-hmm. what it is i'm actually into them now i kind of like them uh, michaela's <laughs> described it as a peanut butter milkshake yeah but it's not so because it's in a juice box it's not what i expected it to be yeah but what it tastes like is a peanut butter milkshake well because yeah when you brought it out and i saw punch i was like oh like she just brought like a fruit punch milkshake or um mm-hmm. a juice box like that's sick yeah, and then you're like, yeah, it's peanut punch, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because no. it's nothing like nothing you would ever grab for jubes. Oh no, one hundred percent. The ingredients are water, peanut butter, sugar, skim milk powder, caramel, sodium bicarbonate, vanilla flavor, and salt, and stabilizers. Mm. So it's literally like a, a peanut milkshake. Do you want to try? <laughs> I'm unreasonably nervous about this. I know. And I'm sweating. It's just a drink. You don't have to. I should. Keep in mind, Journey hates peanut butter. And this just tastes like you're drinking peanut butter. But it is like you were just drinking peanut butter. Like that tastes yeah. like smoothies that my mom used to make. Yeah. Well, it just tastes like yeah, peanut butter milkshake. If you make, if you blended peanut butter milk and ice cream together, you would taste. It would taste like peanut punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's that's very odd. That's it's mm-hmm. definitely been like the one Caribbean food that has thrown me the most thus far. Because the other one is like, there's like island sodas and then some like coconut water things and whatnot. And that's all like, I'm like, okay, like it's mm-hmm. a soda. What's an island soda? It just tastes like a normal soda, but it's like from... Caribbean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He also showed me, oh, it's like the malt beverages too. I don't think, I, I'm not really into the whole malt oh, sodas okay. that they have. I don't know, the flavor is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's made me try like a malt soda from Barbados um, and whatnot too. What's the, what's the purpose of this drink? Because that feels like a ve- like it doesn't make sense to me to drink peanut butter. Um, so I mean, like, what what do you get from it? Like, is it high in protein, or is it just like no different than drinking orange juice? Yeah, it's just like a drink that they had growing up. Interesting. It's just like a, from my understanding, it's just like a Jamaican drink. Like when you know how we buy Five Alive, mm-hmm. they'd buy peanut punch. Wild, yeah. He does have a lot of peanut butter usage. I wonder if it's just like a common. Yeah, if it's like a cultural thing. Yeah. Interesting. Are peanuts cheap? I think so. You I buy don't know. Cheaper than like cashews and almonds and everything. Oh, that's true. Oh my gosh! So this is like peanut butter milk, Pretty except much. it has skim milk in it. Skim milk powder. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Huh. But. So it's, just, it's fun to try all the cultural stuff. Yeah, I'm very it tastes exactly it. how you describe it. Yeah. I was not... I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to taste exactly how you described it. It's like you shake. Yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, you got any anything to share? Well, I went to the emergency room with Graylin, uh, like, <laughs> Tuesday. Okay. Um, 
he was coming like we went for a big bike ride Sunday and then he was coming over to set up he has like a little blow up kiddie pool and we didn't want to set it on his front lawn so we were going to put it in my garage because the sun was shining right in there so he was carrying it over and in between um the house that we live in and like our neighbors there's two like concrete steps like going into the basement ones and there's about six inches in between them so Graylin tried to like jump in between them but the ground was farther down than his leg so he landed all of his weight and everything that he jumped onto his knee onto the cement oh yikes and so he just like yeah it hurt so bad you could see like tendons and stuff from like where he scratched it it was kind of cool um I'm not good. And when Graylin hurts himself, I just find it fascinating. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. And he's like, turning him dying. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Well, because he's so hard. Yeah. yeah every he time. Does. And so then it was like, <laughs> he sliced his hand open and sliced a tendon. The last time he had a really bad injury. Literally. So, like, here we are again a year later. Yeah. And so then I, like, I was like, oh, okay. So he just kind of, like, sat in the house a little bit because it was, like, plus 35 outside. And so I was, like, blowing up the kiddie pool. And then he was, um, he just, like, came out and I was like, where were you? He's like, I had to lay down. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. He's like, I haven't felt that amount of pain in so long. And oh, I was no. like, sick, no, nah, we love that. <laughs> and, like, you could see a goose egg forming, like, already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he worked Monday, as <clears throat> one does when you can't walk. Yeah. And then he worked half of Tuesday and his leg hurt so bad. Like, he actually, like, got struck, like, stuck getting out of his truck because he couldn't bend his leg. Oh, no. Luckily, it wasn't, like, his gas pedal leg, so he could still drive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's like, I'm going to the emergency room. And I was like, do you want company? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, for sure. So we went to um, the, just like a smaller one. And then um, we were only there for like three and a half hours, everything considered, which was kind of nice. Yeah. We did wait for three hours and then everything else happened in the last half hour. But yeah, it was still like we had a room right away and everyone was super nice and it was super chill. Yeah. And yeah, just got x-rays. He's got really great bones. It was cool to see his x-rays. Yeah. Um, and yet nothing was broken. We were like looking at it. I was like, nothing's broken on here that I can see. I don't read x-rays for a living, but I was like, I know what's not broken. Yeah. And then the doctor came in and was like, yeah, there's nothing broken. So like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing like, we can do. Yeah. He's like, it's kind of tough because it's your knee, right? So you're always using it. There's nothing we can really do to like stabilize. Like he's like, I can give you a splint if you want, mm-hmm. but whatever. And he's like, do you want like a couple days off work or anything? And I was like no like yeah not really <laughs> so well we like, like uh, two days later um Bryce's mom was down and we went to go visit them at the site and since he still couldn't bend his knees walking around like a crackhead it was so funny because he'd be like walking but he'd just kind of have to swing his one leg so he'd step swing step swing step yeah. swing and I was like girl you look so dumb <laughs> yeah very Terry Fox but, yeah very it was so funny but I mean, except he had a, <laughs> a, yeah, a little leg. less serious than Terry Fox. But, yes, but the, the, the motion. Yeah, it was so funny. But yeah, now he can bend it almost ninety degrees. So that's good. He's back working out again. So yeah, but I was like, yeah, on the way to the hospital because after going to live blood analysis, my anxiety is a little bit under control. And um, we were on the way to the hospital, and I was like, are you so excited for the doctor to tell you that nothing's wrong? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I was like, what a not dirty sentence. I know. So uh, I was not worried about it. And then he fell asleep yeah. waiting for the doctor. Really? Yeah. Well, the not dirty sentence, that's mm-hmm. on growth. I know, right? You've had a lot exactly. of... Exactly. I was like, look at me go. A lot of growth. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's fun. So now we've done our first book club intro ever. So we never do a catch-up. <laughs> do we never actually do a catch-up no. on book club? No. Oh, we haven't even introduced our book. No. Okay, so today... On we did. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It was on time, too. Yeah, I know. I thought ahead. It's the first month for everything. So we're doing um, <laughs> the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by mm-hmm. Stefan or Stephen Stephen Covey. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, powerful lessons and personal change. I don't like reading with this cover on, so I always take it off. But this book doesn't show you the title on the front, so that's why we yeah. have that. Yeah. So this book uh, was given to me by my dad in 2015, mm-hmm. and it has sat collecting dust until we had it on our <laughs> list. And I was like, "Hey, I have that book." <laughs> and you can tell exactly where Michaela started to read it because then all of a sudden the highlighting stops. Yeah. <laughs> there's like two or three highlighting, and then there's like a a dog ear, and then that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there was a dog ear at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is. Page uh, 38. <laughs> Seventeen year old Michaela said no. Well, yes. Twenty five Michaela said, let's go. Let's let's do it. Alrighty. So yeah, it's um divided into four parts. Four parts. So I read the first two, Michaela read the second two, because it is a more like it's a denser book, right? Mm-hmm. So we kind of just wanted to split it up a little bit. I was gonna read the whole thing and then I reached about halfway and I was like, nah, if I don't have to, I'm not going no. to. No. Um But I think I think that just works better because then we're like teaching each other a little bit and then mm-hmm. we can go back and read it if we want to yeah we've been enjoying the whole teach yourself eat or teach each other kind of mm-hmm. method so we might continue reformatting book club episodes like that or for some exactly um, we just had a little meeting prior to this for season two so yeah. expect some fun stuff come our one year that's next week exactly and especially like time-wise for mm-hmm. book clubs like if they are thicker it does make sense just to split them up a little bit yeah um but yeah okay so Um, Part one is paradigms and principles. And so the first like chapter or whatever is titled Inside Out and it's not one of the habits. It's just kind of telling you like kind of what the book is about, but also that you need to work on yourself from the inside out kind of thing. So that's I just put that together as I was saying that. (laughs) Um, Which is embarrassing. (laughs) But he kind of just talks about like Um, the difference between like personality and character ethics like in order to change ourselves we have to change our perceptions um like the way we see the world or like we're conditioned to how we see the world or whatever yeah um and he talks a lot about like paradigms and paradigm shifts and how like our paradigms are how we see the world kind of thing um and then he talks about like there are times to teach and there are times not to teach so like sometimes like, if someone makes a mistake, instead of being like, well, I told you so, like, use this as a learning moment, you can just be like, yep, that sucks. Because they still, like, they learned their lesson, right? Like, yeah. it's, you don't need to kind of kick them when they're down. Um, and then he talks a lot about, like, kids with that um, in sp- specific. And so he talks about, like, sharing. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, very interesting um perspective that he had about how like a sense of possessing needs to come before a sense of genuine sharing so the kid needs to believe that whatever they're being asked to share is theirs and they will get it back at the end of the day in order to feel comfortable 
sharing with someone. Mm-hmm. And I resonated with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Because if I had something and my brother and sister were playing with it and it got broken, mm-hmm. all done, gone for everyone, including mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So it was never fully mine. Mm-hmm. Or like if they just took it, then I'm like, well, it's theirs now. Right. Yeah. So it was like there was never anything that was mine. So I was quite possessive over some of my things. Right. And even with That's like <clears throat> with the Chachis like playing in the podcast room. Yeah. I get very nervous of like, don't touch my stuff mm-hmm. because I don't want you to break it because then I can't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that if they do break something, they're more than willing to replace it. Right. Yeah. It just comes from like. Yeah. That. I'm trying to think about a similar thing. I think it was pretty pretty well drawn like the sand line in the sand was pretty well drawn of mm-hmm. like i have mine my sister has hers and sometimes it's the same item yeah right where i get possessive is if my sister lost hers she mm-hmm. would then come and say like oh you stole mine give it back oh. and i'm like no yeah mine's been sitting here yeah that's tough i yeah. didn't touch your touch your stuff or whatnot and so yeah. i kind of my possessiveness comes from like partially of that and then also just i just like my things oh yeah exactly and i've We're had like young cousins i've had people just like ruin stuff just for what yeah and i'm like don't don't touch my shit well, don't exactly i've had like they're all accidents right mm-hmm. but I'm like there's no reason why this should have happened yeah so why did it happen yeah where right? like my brother and sister would constantly delete my entire camera roll like mm-hmm. as soon as they were using it kind of thing which is good looking back on it because there was some <laughs> embarrassing stuff on there mm-hmm. but at the time that was devastating yeah and then I even had a cousin steal my iPod because yeah. she wanted it yeah so it's like yeah and so there's things great. like that and also i think also part of it's a comment i got a lot which is purely psychological mm-hmm. um but now it, it i realized how much it, i carried it with me mm-hmm. um is about my hair i had so many relatives joke with me that they're going to shave my hair off in my sleep because oh my it's so nice and they wanted it that's creepy that i was i had a genuine fear for a while there mm-hmm. of waking up bald yeah, that's fair because kids don't know that you're joking. No, right? And it's just like it was the frequency of it. I'm like, are you yeah. actually going to do this? Yeah, right. Huh. But it like so that also is like possessiveness too. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And even like I don't know when our old boss would be like, oh, I like your stuffy. Can I have it? Or oh, I like your hair. Can I have it? Like I'll trade you. Mm-hmm. It's like no, because kids don't understand that that's funny. Haha. Yeah. Right now, because they like that's why the oh got your nose like yeah. 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 I don't know. So that was just something that I thought was very interesting and was very enlightening so that when I have kids, I can kind of be like, this is yours. Like, Mm -hmm. it will always be returned to you. If they break it, you will get another one. Like, you don't need to worry about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and I have page 51 quote, the point of this book. So that's (laughs) probably something I should read. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't highlight it. Or identify it at all. So, um, I think maybe it's supposed to be inside out means the first, means to start first with self, even more fundamentally to start with the most inside part of self, with your paradigms, your character, and your motives. Mm -hmm. It says, if you want to have a happy marriage, be the kind of person who generates positive energy and sidesteps negative energy rather than empowering empowering it if you want to have a more pleasant cooperative teenager be a more understanding empathetic consistent loving parent Mm -hmm. if you want to have more freedom more latitude in your job be a more responsible and more helpful and more uh, contributing employee if you want to be trusted be trustworthy if you want the secondary greatness of recognized talent focus first on the primary greatness of character yeah and that's 
pretty much what this is is just yeah. be who you say you are kind of thing um so yeah we need to work inside out nothing good comes from working outside in and then he goes into an overview of the seven habits mm-hmm. um so he defines a habit as the intersection of knowledge skill and desire mm-hmm. and they kind of move us on a maturity continuum from dependence to independence to interdependence mm-hmm. and so i know we kind of had that as a topic and yeah, i think it here would be, it is yeah it would be kind of interesting to, I don't know if we want to delve more deeply into it. Yeah. Um, but he defines dependence as the paradigm of you. You take care of me. You come through for me. I blame you for the results. Independence is the paradigm of I. I can do it. I'm responsible. I'm self-reliant. I can choose. Um, mm-hmm. This is the one that society has us thinking is the best option. Mm-hmm. And so interdependence is a paradigm of we. We can do it. We can cooperate. We can combine mm-hmm. our talents and abilities and create something greater together. Um, yeah. It's what's needed in business partnerships and marriages and families, etc. Mm-hmm. But you must become independent first before you can become interdependent. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just the need for community, mm-hmm. which is interesting because in a couple weeks with our guest, that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy the idea of becoming interdependent, but you do have to become independent first. And that's where it gets tricky. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving sure. on. Um, <laughs> no. Where the Kita came from? Because it was gonna be tricky. Tricky. But I don't know. I. Yeah, I. I can tell you. Yeah. Um. So then he talks about like um, balancing the importance. Or the importance of balancing the relationship between production and production capability. So goose mm-hmm. and the golden egg metaphor. Like you need to look after the goose so that you can get the golden egg, but the goose is only valuable because of the golden egg that it produces kind of thing. So that was a very interesting metaphor that he talked about. Yeah. And then he also talks about like how production capability is often um, or like production is prioritized in the workplace more so than your production capability kind of thing mm-hmm. so just kind of like reformatting that mm-hmm. a little bit um and so then that was part one just kind of like what is this book telling you yeah part two private victory so this is all about like working on yourself like being victorious in private mm-hmm. um so the first habit is be proactive and so that is just like um that just means like you're responsible for your own life kind mm-hmm. of thing um so make decisions that are proactive and like benefit you your behavior is a result of your decisions not your condition so it's very similar to what the courage to be disliked said mm-hmm. this one is basically courage to be disliked power of words yeah in one because yeah. he says never say you have to do anything because you are choosing to do that mm-hmm. and you are kind of weighing the consequences of doing it or not yeah is what he was doing And so then he talks about, like, the circle of concern and the circle of influence. So the circle of influence are things that we're concerned about but have control over. Mm -hmm. And so proactive people focus on the circle of um, influence, while reactive people focus on their focus on the circle of concern where they have no control. Okay. Kind of thing. So the circle of concern is filled with the haves. Like, I'll only be happy when I have, if only I had. Yeah. Whereas the circle of influence is filled with the bees. I can be X, Y, Z. Yeah. Kind of like, if you want to have a happy marriage be someone who is happy yeah kind of thing yeah i like i agree with it there's a lecture, mm-hmm. there's a lot of wisdom in this book very much so which i don't know why i was surprised about that <laughs> but i'll get into that at the end mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so then he just like talks about um like you carry your own weather reactive people get 
like affected by other people's weather, but you carry your own weather as a proactive person. Yeah. Um, and so then at the end of this chapter, he actually has like application suggestions for the habit, which yeah. is kind of fun. He does that um, throughout the entire book. Mm-hmm. So at the end of each chapter, there is applications. Yeah. And then at the end, I think of this chapter, he also had like a summary, but he doesn't do that with the other ones. Yeah. No. Yeah. So he also um, stresses the importance of consequences and mistakes. So like past mistakes are in our circle of concern. Um, whereas the proactive apor- approach is to acknowledge it. Um instantly correctly and then learn from it move on don't continue to carry that for- forward yeah. so in habit two is begin with the end in mind mm-hmm. and so this means to live your life in a way where you would be proud of it and it's contributed to the version you have of your life as a whole okay so it's based a lot on imagination and conscience mm-hmm. not conscious but um mm-hmm. so it's kind of like if you were to look back on your life would you still would you still do things kind of the same way like just Mm -hmm. having um like carrying a confidence in all of your choices yeah and that if something goes bad you're willing to like take responsibility be like oh sorry like that's just how it was but then also like Mm -hmm. standing firm in your beliefs kind of thing yeah is it to be like a to live a life you're proud of in a sense yeah okay yeah in a sense we're like if, like, if you're making a decision and you're like we are doing this decision and then something goes wrong with that decision you're like well, that sucks. Like, there's... I'm sorry that I chose that decision. There's nothing we can really do about it now. Um, mm-hmm. Going forward, I won't make that decision again or whatever. But just, yeah. like, t- like, taking accountability as well. You did what you thought was right in that moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then... So he also talks about, like, the center of your life. And so... Um, with that, he talks about four concepts of security, guidance, wisdom, and power. Mm-hmm. And so these four factors, when they're present together and harmonized, um, they create a force of a noble personality, a balanced character, and a beautifully integrated individual, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about how um, whatever we hold at the center of our lives will then be the source of those four factors. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes into a bunch of centers that we could have and kind of the pros and cons with them. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to label them and not go into the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So we have like spouse centeredness, family centeredness, money centeredness, possession centeredness, work centeredness, pleasure centers, um, friend enemy centers, church centers and self centered. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really say that um one of these is better than the other Mm -hmm. but he does suggest that the ideal center is one that's based on principles so we have a solid foundation for development of our like four life supporting factors of security guidance wisdom and power or whatever Mm -hmm. um because when we have correct principles, I'm going to put air quotes around that, mm-hmm. they don't change. They don't waver. So okay. it's just kind of like having a very strong foundational beliefs that you kind of base the rest of your life on whatever that looks like for you. Okay. But if you are too focused on your spouse, then you're not living for yourself. But if you're too focused on your family, you're not living for yourself. But if you're too focused on living for yourself, then you're not focusing on family and spouse and all of that other things yeah so it's just kind of like a balance yeah he's very balance focused which is i was like spot on (laughs) hashtag balance i know bang (laughs) on for that (laughs) yeah and so that's kind of like he's like each of these is good in moderation yeah kind of thing so that's what we've said about a lot yeah 
Um, and then he also talked about how to tap into your right brain, which is creativity, which is kind of cool. Because at that time that I read that, I was researching for a creativity episode. So I was like, ooh, cool. Okay. Um, but I don't remember what it is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he also talked about like the power of affirmations and visualizing things. Which is funny because in The Courage to be Disliked, he di- he like f- firmly was against affirmations. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting because up until then they were like, it's still very parallel. Yeah. Um, he talks about making like uh, mission statements for yourself uh-huh. and for your family. Yeah. Um, and the importance of having one of those in the home. So he suggests like to print out this mission statement and like have it on the wall and everyone sees it. But he also stresses the importance of having everyone in your family contribute to yeah. that. So it's not like mom and dad made a mission statement. Kids have to deal with it. Yeah. Kids are also a part of it. Yeah. Which I loved that. Well, it brings a sense of unity. Exactly. And he right? said, um, without involvement, there's no commitment. Yeah. So if the kids aren't involved in this, they're not going to commit to it. Right. Yeah. And so it was really cool how family focused he was as well. Mm-hmm. And so then habit three is put first things first. And so um, this is the exercise of independence or independent will toward becoming principle centered. So this kind of tells you how to make principles your center. Um, Mm -hmm. So he says the way you spend your time is a result of the way you see your time and the way you see your priorities. So you have to say no to things that won't serve your proactive self, even if they feel important at the time. Right. Yeah. And I think we've kind of talked about that a lot, um, especially over the summer where it's been like. Um, so busy and so chaotic and our priorities have been constantly shifting and all over the place and we're just kind of mm-hmm. like whoa I don't like this so it's kind yeah. of been one of those things where we um, yeah we have to refigure out our time and when I was reading that I was like oh okay I w- had been really like sedentary that week yeah and so I was just kind of like I need to start moving I want to start like I yeah I want to start moving again yeah and so then that's kind of what has re-inspired me to start going to the gym again and making that more of a priority because that's something that I want to do with my time. Well, now you found something that works for you in this phase. Exactly. Right? Whereas you did at 45 until it became draining. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, this no longer is helping me. It's just stressing me out. Yeah, exactly. So you cut it off, you refocus, and now you're doing this. Yeah. Which- and so it was kind of like, okay, now I try and go to the gym every morning before I come home and, I, and then I make a good breakfast and then I eat lunch. And I, like, focus on work throughout the afternoon and then make supper. And it's just kind of created a much better routine for me as well, Mm -hmm. which I'm really appreciating. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So then he also talks about four different quadrants that people can spend their time in. But the most important is quadrant two um, because it allows you to see through the lens of importance rather than urgency. So it was... um, It... It was so convoluted that I couldn't really write anything down that would make sense. Okay. Do they, does he talk about what each us? quadrant is? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, it's kind of, yeah. So imagine a graph where the top is like urgent, non-urgent, and then on the side it's important, not important. Okay. So quadrant one is urgent and important. Quadrant two is not urgent, important. Quadrant three is not important, urgent. And quadrant four is not urgent, not important. Okay. So in urgent, important, he has like um, crises, pressing problems, deadline driven projects. Yeah. In quadrant two, he has like prevention, um, production capability activities, relationship building, recognizing new opportunities, planning, recreation. So he's saying that the planning of things is more important than the urgency of deadlines or. Yeah, because okay. if you have a solid plan, then you're not 
like scrambling to get things together kind of mm. thing so yeah he t- and then in quadrant three there's like interruptions like some phone calls some mail some reports some meetings um like popular activities and then in quadrant four it's like trivia busy work uh time wasters pleasant activities whatever okay so it's just kind of restructuring how you spend your time instead of prioritizing making a haircut appointment yeah like it ju- it's just kind of like lessens your schedule a little bit yeah. because you're only working on what you what needs to get done but yeah. is also beneficial once it's done yeah kind of thing okay um very difficult to wrap your brain around mm-hmm. as a people pleaser and then he goes into like what happens if you um prioritize one quadrant over the other okay and so when you prioritize quadrant one you get stress burnout crisis management you're always just putting out fires that's me yeah i know so that sounds about right yeah um in quadrant three you which Mm -hmm. is urgent not important um short-term focused crisis management reputation chameleon character so you just kind of like blend in with whatever you're not really like yeah um you see goals and plans as worthless you feel victimized out of control shallow or broken relationships and then um if you spend time mostly in quadrants three and four, it just leads to irresponsible lives. So you're like totally responsibility, fired from jobs, dependent on others or institutions for like the basics. Yeah. Whereas if you're in quadrant two, there's a vision, perspective, balance, discipline, control, fewer crises. Okay. So he kind of goes into that. I have mostly blocked that out because it was so much. It said so much without saying anything. Okay. And so I was just kind of like, sick i don't understand what you're talking about or i don't see the distinction between each of these quadrants like how can you prove to me that quadrant two is what's actually going to be better yeah kind of thing so it's almost so, like a read it slow and digest it or, yeah. and or read it a couple of times yeah and so it was just yeah. kind of like whatever and then he um also talked about like what it takes to say no because you have to say no to other activities that aren't in your quadrant two priorities even though they might still be urgent yeah kind of thing um, and then he talks about like the key to effective management is delegation. And then he talks mm-hmm. about two different kinds of delegation. There's stewardship delegation and method delegation. Yeah. So, um, he's pro stewardship delegation. Um, and so he used an example of his family, um, dividing up chores in the house. So like, um, and then just kind of like almost having like a chore board where he's like, okay, um, dad pays the mortgage, mom feeds the baby. Uh, son does this or whatever so like mm-hmm. they're kind of pointing out that okay mom and dad have over 60 plus hours of extra work in a week so the kids need to take on some chores as well so he goes through the jobs with them and gives them simple instructions and then kind of tells them they're the boss and if they need help that he will help them if he has time kind of yeah. thing and so one example was his kid offered to start like taking care of the um, yard okay and so he's like, okay so he went over like the expectations that he had for what it looked like to take care of the yard and what he wanted from them and when they'll have check-ins yeah and then he kind of noticed throughout the week that the kid just wasn't doing anything so instead of being like like disciplining him for not doing his job or whatever he kind of structured it as like a business meeting yeah and was like hey like what can i do like it doesn't seem like you're um like holding up your end of the bargain um just wondering if there's anything i can do to help you like if you need any help because i said that i would help you yeah and so then they go through and they kind of restructure and like gives the kid just a little bit more direction yeah and the kid is then able to complete it and he's more excited and willing and yeah motivated to do that so that was a very interesting way to look at that yeah um it's just working together and just being like 
Yeah, I don't know. It was very interesting. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I don't remember what method delegation is, but I really... I think that one is just like, I'm going to micromanage you while you do that. Like, I'm going to delegate this to you, but you have to do it the way I want it done. Yeah. Instead of like... So it's like a train, a form of training in a sense. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, And then he just says like, trust is the highest form of human motivation. And so by... Like, trusting your kid to do that and giving them the autonomy and stuff to do that, that's what's going to motivate them to do it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was all that I had cool. for my three habits. Cool. Well, then that um, goes into part three, which is labeled public victory. And so it starts with the paradigms of interdependence uh, for this one. And so it opens with a quote that I like that says, real self-respect comes from the dominion over self from true independence. And that's the focus on habits of one, two, and three, as Journey just mentioned. Yeah. Um, and so again, and he re- reiterates that interdependence is a choice only independent people can make. Right. And so then he starts touching on the emotional bank account. And so the emotional bank account is a metaphor to describe the amount of trust that has been built in a relationship. And so the feeling of safeness that you have with another human being. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you respect your boss, if you have your friends, if you trust your partner, if you like your parents, yeah. all that kind of stuff comes from an emotional bank account. Right. Um, so the six major deposits that you can put into someone's emotional bank account mm-hmm. is understanding the individual attending to the little things, keeping commitments, clarifying expectations, and underneath this one, uh, something that stuck out to me was the cause of almost all relationship relationship difficulties is rooted in conflicting or ambiguous expectations about rules and goals. Yeah, 100%. Right? I don't know what you're saying. You don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. We're fighting over what? Yeah. Right? Uh, so number five is showing personal integrity, which is basically conforming to the reality of our words. Okay. Right. So keeping promises and fulfilling expectations. Yeah. And so one of the most important ways to manifest integrity is to be loyal to those who are not present. So when you defend the absent, you gain trust of the present. Right. Yeah. So he kind of goes into a supervisor example of two people talking about the supervisor and being like, oh, he's the worst. I hate him. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Doing nothing about it mm-hmm. versus the one who like, if someone's talking to you to complain and then you're like, I think that's a really good idea. We should bring this up mm-hmm. together. We should figure out a way to format this and bring it up and see if there's anything that can change. Yeah. It allows the trust of the present so that, say, you have a falling out with that person, then later on, then yeah. that person knows that you're shit talking them. Exactly. Just, just to talk with no proactive yeah. behaviors around it. Yeah. And then finally, six is apologizing sincerely when you make a withdrawal. So a mistake. Right. Or like, oh, I'm I'm sorry I didn't hold up my word. I How can I make it up to you? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, that's how we introed it here. So then it moves into habit four, which is think win-win. Mm-hmm. And so this is the principles of interpersonal leadership. Um, so the six, six paradigms of human interaction are the win-win, which is seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions, cooperation, not competition. Okay, yep. So it's like, it's not your way or my way. It's an our way mm-hmm. or a better way. Right. Um. And the second one is win-lose. And so in a leadership um, example, this is an authoritarian approach. Okay. Right? I win, you lose. It means that I get my way and you don't get yours. Right. I'm the parent, therefore I said so. Mm-hmm. Right? And then in the academic world, it reinforces this paradigm with the standard grade setting that okay. it is. 
if you're not doing this, then you've lost. Right. Okay. Yeah. It reinforces comparison, which Mm -hmm. has a lot of negative effects. Yeah, definitely. The second one is lose win. So it's I win, I lose and you win, Mm -hmm. which is arguably worse than the I win, you lose. Okay. um, Because it has no standards. Okay. So it, you have no demands or expectations or vision for yourself. So you want to please and seek strength from feeling accepted. Yeah. You have little courage to express your emotions and you're easily intimidated by the ego strength of others. Yep. In leadership terms, it's um, permissiveness mm-hmm. because the people, because these people bury a lot of feelings, um, it arises as like psychosomatic problems, mm-hmm. specifically in the nervous system, circulatory system. And respiratory system. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so this is from the feelings of resentment that or disappointment that these people tend to swallow or just accept. Yeah. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. never going to win. So why should I try? Yep. You know? Yep. So it's that kind of. I can resonate with that. (laughs) I figured you would. I was wondering what you would think about that. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting for me that he argued that that's arguably worse than someone who's like, I'm the best. I know what I'm doing. But I understand it because the person who thinks that they're the best I mean, yeah, you're losing people around you. Yeah. But that's easier to shift than the person who's like, I'm never going to accomplish anything Mm -hmm. because then you're just harming yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I don't know. It's an interesting idea to play around with if there is one that's better than the other, Mm -hmm. but it's good. Uh, The second or sorry, the fifth one. Nope. Fourth one is the lose lose paradigm. Mm -hmm. And so it's often when two determined, stubborn, ego invested individuals interact. Right. So it's very vindictive. Get mm-hmm. back or get even. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, you, everything ends up being lose-lose because yeah. everything's a... You can't work together to come to a common... Exactly. Yeah. So uh, then the six, uh, fifth one is win. Mm-hmm. So these people don't care if others lose. They're just focused on winning for themselves. Okay. So it's like, I don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. Mm-hmm. I want to win because that's what is in my best interest. Right. And so this comes from a lot of initial negotiations Mm -hmm. when you're starting business with someone or you're starting a new friendship relationship, things like that. If, if you're new to it, you're more likely to pull away if that person doesn't have anything that you desire or want to be around. Right. Right. So we started the podcast and Mm -hmm. we were negotiating ideas Mm -hmm. and you were like, no, I'm dead set on this. And I was like, that's not something I'm interested in. Yeah. I would be winning by being like, okay, thank you so much. I don't want to be a part of this. Right. So what was that one titled? Sorry. Win. Win. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the, the sixth one is win, win or no deal. And so okay. this implies that if you can't agree on a solution, then you agree to disagree amicably. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, if we're both not winning, then mm-hmm. we walk away from it. Right. Um, And so this one also, it it can feel very liberating because you have no need or desire to manipulate the other person into getting what you want Mm -hmm. because you're like, if it doesn't serve me, then it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So then there's five dimensions of win-win because this is the goal. Mm -hmm. This is what we want. So it starts with your character and that's your foundation of understanding win-win. Yeah. And so under character, there's integrity, maturity, and abundance mentality. Uh, so it's basically like the value placed on yourself, the balance between courage and consideration, and then the abundance mentality is that there's enough to go around for everybody. Okay. Those who don't have that are under the scarcity mindset, and that's why they feel right. like they need to win because that's the only time they'll ever be able to win. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
the abundance versus scarcity mindset are is very very fascinating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well because a lot of it also i mean comes from either what you've been modeled or mm-hmm. what you experienced like same thing like this is your toy you're, it's not going to be taken yeah. away from you mm-hmm. someone with a scarcity mindset is always going to be afraid that it's going to be taken away from them oh yeah 100 percent. right uh so the second dimension is relationships. Mm-hmm. And so from our foundation of character, we can build win-win relationships. And this involves trust and a full emotional bank. Okay. Um, third one is agreements, sometimes called um, partnership or performance agreements. Mm-hmm. And so these shift the paradigm from a vertical to a horizontal um, way of thinking. Oh, Okay. Yeah. This book really just wrapped in so many concepts that we've talked about. Yeah. So is that like the same as like a vertical and horizontal relationship? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. essentially it. All right. So it's no longer like I'm not above you. It's not a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. We are all working we're towards the same. the same goal. It doesn't matter if you're a new hire and I'm the CEO. Yeah. We're still working towards the same goal. Okay. Right. Um, another thing I just wanted to say about this book is that he recommends reading one habit, working on that habit. Once you have that habit, starting the second habit kind of thing and reading this book more than once so you can fully understand it. Yeah, definitely. Um, So the underneath for agreements, underneath the win-win agreement specifically, Mm -hmm. it has the five elements. So you need to outline desired results, guidelines, resources, accountability and consequences. Okay. So this is a really good source if you are someone who is in a leadership position at your job or if you have a business of your own, Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend to read it and consider it so that. Yeah, definitely. You're not putting out fires and feeling with chipped employees or having Mm -hmm. unsatisfied. Yeah. Um outcomes yeah exactly yeah so number four is supportive systems so if you put good people in bad systems it won't work you need good systems to create this win-win idea you have to water the flowers you want to grow yeah essentially that makes sense we had a lot of that experience Mm -hmm. with our previous job yeah yeah not like it just needed to be restructured exactly it just wasn't working the way it was was, yeah it was was very much a vertical system yeah and it needed to be more of a horizontal yeah like more cooperative yeah 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 because it was a very i'm gonna do this for me like i don't care what you're doing yeah so yeah it was very much like we are doing this because i say that this is the best way to do this yeah yeah so and then uh number five is processes so see a problem from the other point um point of view seek to understand identify key issues and concerns what results would you um, constitute a fully acceptable solution and identify possible new options to achieve those results Hmm. so basically figure out all sorts of processes to get to the desired outcome right so this leads into habit five which is seek first to understand uh then to be understood Mm -hmm. and so it's starts with the principles of empathetic communication um so then there's character communication which is how you conduct yourself says more than how others say you are okay yeah so it's the whole it doesn't matter what people are gossiping or saying about you Mm -hmm. how you move about the world says more about who you are yeah and so empathetic listening is comes from the idea that most people do not listen with the intent to understand they listen to reply yes and so empathetic listening gets inside another person's frame of reference and you're able to fully engage with how they're feeling Mm -hmm. and so this is part of the first like seek first to understand section of this right um so then there's four autobiographical responses that people tend to go go into when you are listening to others Mm -hmm. so the first is to evaluate whether you agree or disagree with what they're saying Mm -hmm. probe 
ask further questions from your own frame of reference. Right. Advise. Counsel based on your own experience or interpret. Uh, you try to figure out and explain uh, their motives and behavior based on our own motives and behavior. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So like when you're thinking about when you're giving advice to a friend. Yeah. Right. Are you listening or are you just trying to yeah. give something? Well, that's something that we've even talked about, even like with relationships is like, I want you like sometimes I need to vent. I'm yeah. not looking for problem solving. I know how to do that, but I just need to get this off my chest. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're there, like I just need you to listen. Mm-hmm. Right. So the stages of empathetic listening, the first and the least effective stage is to mimic content. So repeat exactly what they said back, like back to you. So if you said, Hey, Michaela, I hate my life. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, okay, journey, you hate your life. (laughs) Yeah. That's not effective whatsoever. Quite literally. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, I'm listening to you. Yeah. I heard what you're saying. You said exactly. I hate my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. So Second is rephrasing your the content. So it's still a limited version, but it's not great. So yeah. I hate my life. I'm like, okay, so it sounds like you're dissatisfied with life. Right, 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 right. Right? Mm-hmm. Third is to reflect, reflect a feeling. I hate my life. So you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed. Right. I feel right. like you hate your life. Yeah, bitch, because that's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> or, and that's then, how that goes. <laughs> And then fourth, there's like rephrasing the content and reflecting the feeling. This is the best because it forces you forces you to use all sides of communication, right? Right. So from the sentence, I hate my life, I could be like, it seems like you are stressed and overwhelmed, which is leading you to be dissatisfied with what you're doing in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that would make you feel more under, understood. understood than yeah. me being like a parrot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's not, it's more like reading between the lines. It's like, yeah. instead of asking why, you're kind of like... Mm-hmm. It like not interpreting, but like intuiting why. Yeah, yeah. and in a but, sense, but using the information they've given you then makes them feel heard and understood. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. On top of that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of like a oh that sucks, how can you make it better? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. not what that person needs sometimes, right? It'd be like, well, if you stop doing this, you'd hate your life less. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Tips. <laughs> And so as you learn to listen deeply to people, you will discover tremendous differences in perception. Okay. And so it's actually taking the time to be like, this is my friend. Yeah, we have commonalities, but we're not the same person. Yeah, exactly. What are our differences? How can we honor our differences and Mm -hmm. still be good? Well, yeah, the same thing could happen to both of us and we would leave with different perceptions of it kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then so the second part of of habit five is then then seek to be understood right and so this comes with the first um by describing your ethos pathos and logos Mm -hmm. so your ethos is your personal credibility your pathos is your empathetic side and logos is the logic and that is the order it needs to go into in order for you to be understood by others okay was it oh because then like if in this order Mm -hmm. it's effective because it builds personal validity Mm -hmm. then moves to the logic right but a lot of people try to jump to the logic without the credibility. Right. You should listen to me, be, listen to me because I'm right. Yeah. Why are you right? Who are you? Yeah, exactly. I don't know who you are. Pro- prove to me that you know yeah. what. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, so I agree with that. If you describe like who you are, what you do, why this is emotional for you. Mm-hmm. And then this is why you're thinking about the way you're the way you are. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. So that's an effective communication for seeking to be understood. Mm hmm. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of the chapter, as, as for the other habits, he offers application suggestions, mm-hmm. which is good. Habit six is to synergize. 
And so this first starts with the uh, principles of creative cooperation. So synergy is the essence of a principle centered leadership and and or parenting. Mm -hmm. Uh, It means that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So this kind of ties back into Mm -hmm. um, why he's like involving the kids in creating the Mm -hmm. family's motive. Right. So synergistic communication is when people are able to communicate together with a common goal, work as a unified team rather than from defense. Right. Right. Mm hmm. Like, okay, we're all going to do family walks. I don't want to do a family walk. Mm -hmm. Well, that's tough. We're going for a family walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. It's like, oh, would you rather do something else? Do you want to ride your bike or roller skate or do you get pushed in the buggy or pulled in the wagon? Or would you rather we did something else? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. And so under your levels of communication, there's defensive communication, which is win-lose or lose-win. Mm-hmm. There's respectful communication, which is compromise. And then there's synergi- synergistic communication, which is win-win. And that okay. goes back to habit four and why we're kind of time back into right. how synergy is the win-win mentality. Okay. And so valuing differences is the essence of synergy. Mm-hmm. It's like, just like what I just said here, like we are different people. Yeah. But we're friends and that's fine. Yeah. And that's good. Well, even with this podcast, like we have different strengths that we play to with this. Like mm-hmm. I have more experience editing, but you are more experienced with social media. So it's just mm-hmm. like we use those to kind of yeah work well together. Exactly. And then so synergy is particularly powerful with dealing like with negative forces mm-hmm. that work against growth and change. Okay. So without synergy, the driving and restraining forces may act like a spring. So it's going to push really hard against the spring. Eventually, it's and then it's going to shoot back. Okay. But synergy basically removes that spring mm-hmm. so that you can just go forward. Okay, cool. It's like, why? There's no need for the spring. Mm-hmm. It's just in our way. Yeah. Let's just go forward. Okay, nice. Um, and then everything in nature is synergistic. Okay. Right? This is the whole... You can see it in the circle of life and life cycles and the water cycle and everything is working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with like yin yang and feng shui and all of that Exactly. As well. Exactly. And so part four is renewal. Mm-hmm. And this is where habit seven lives. And so habit seven is to sharpen the saw. And so it's... Underneath the principles of like balanced self renewal, it's preserving and enhancing the greatest asset, which is you. Mm-hmm. So this involves four dimensions, which can be found on page three hundred. And so these dimensions include physical, which is your exercise, nutrition, and stress management. Mm-hmm. So it's caring for your physical body. Yep. Um, then there's social and emotional, which is service, empathy, synergy, and intrinsic security, which mm-hmm. I really liked that phrase. Mm-hmm. So I've only used heard intrinsic as like motivation, mm-hmm. but to have intrinsic security as well is yeah. also That good. makes sense, yeah. Um, and so this is centered on principles of interpersonal leadership, empathetic communication, and creative cooperation. Mm-hmm. Spiritual is value clarification and commitment, study and meditation. It, provo- it provides leadership to our life. Okay. So it's like, why are we doing this? What are our core values? Going back to the whole, like, yeah, figuring out what your principles are and sticking mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And then there's mental, which is reading, visualizing, planning, and writing. And this primarily comes from a formal education of some co- some form. Okay. Yeah. So by adding this as the fourth, it's kind of encouraging you to keep learning as you grow because a lot of people tend to drop this one. Mm-hmm when they don't need to learn anymore. Well, it's important to always be learning and all, mm-hmm. like always be learning and growing and evolving because so much of the world is changing right now. Yeah. That 
it's really, really detrimental to you to be stuck in one mindset forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so being interdependent is knowing that we're a part of a social mirror. Mm -hmm. Uh, So reflecting back to others in a, a clear, undistorted version of themselves. This is called scripting. Okay. So, but you basically marry, like, knowing that we're interdependent now. Mm-hmm. I'm not winning, you're not, like, or sorry, I'm not losing, you're not losing. We're winning together. We're doing this yeah. together. Yeah. Means that I am should be reflecting back to you a clear, undistorted vision of, of you. Oh, okay, nice. Because I like those that. around you are a reflection of yourself. Oh, I like that. I heard that somewhere else, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, so it's really... Yeah, it was a TikTok video about how your partner's a mirror of you. So if you go to your partner, like, so if your partner comes to you and says, I don't like when you do this, you shouldn't be like, well, I don't do that because they're a mirror. They're showing you what you're doing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, fine. I like that. Yeah. So the self-renewal process must involve balances and renewal in all four dimensions. Mm -hmm. So, um, and to describe it. On page 315, it lays it out flat. So the more proactive you are, habit one, the more effectively you can exercise personal leadership, Mm -hmm. habit two, and management, habit three, in your life. The more effective you manage your life, the more renewing activities you can do, habit seven. Mm -hmm. The more you seek first to understand, habit five, the more effectively you can go for synergistic win-win solutions, which is habits four and six. Okay, yeah. So that's how he kind of ties it all together. Yeah, definitely. And he touches on a thing that concept of the upward spiral, which is basically you learn, commit, do, and you repeat it. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're going to go on an upward spiral. Okay. It's fun to hear that term because I've only ever heard downward Downward spiral. spiral. Yeah, okay. And then he finishes up the book with a personal story that embodies the concepts that can be found in the book. And then there's a frequently asked question section. Okay, nice. But I I was shocked... Well, first of all, it was like, (laughs) because my dad's the one who gave me the book, right? Mm -hmm. He has lived by these concepts. Yeah. And I, and now realizing how much of it comes from this book, I've heard many Mm -hmm. of these sentences my entire life. Yeah. No, that makes sense. (laughs) And not going to lie, I was very closed off to this book at 17. Mm -hmm. And so it's fun to kind of come back to it now and read it as an adult who has started this, like talking about this and going into this realm. And realize there's a lot of concepts that I agree with Mm -hmm. and I live my life by that are from this book that Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that. That was from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been like, because I've been preached interdependence my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so even describing it to friends, I just find that it's something that comes up in my discussions like I've, I think I've had a discussion with you about interdependence too already and probably just things like that, that I just find interesting because I do think that is the way to go about things well yeah but and it's it's really important for you to be independent first which is a good thing about like the way that your parents raised you is like you are independent so that when you come together with someone you can be independent yeah right which I think like that makes sense like it's the same thing of like when you turn 18 and then you move out with Bryce's brother I was like well what do I cook how do I do laundry what do I do like this thing and it's Mm -hmm. like okay well well then you're dependent on someone to do that for you yeah whereas when I moved out like I knew all of those things so I could be more independent right and so then Bryce also had to learn how to be independent first so that we can come together and be interdependent yeah and so it's just like learn how to take initiative and do Mm -hmm. things for yourself and so that 
you can appreciate a partner better too. Like I guess yeah. like when you have a partner, you can do things with. Mm-hmm. I can I appreciate them, and that's what I'm seeing now, like with my relationship. Right, we both were very, very independent people. Yeah, exactly. And we're both like, no, like I like, I like mm-hmm. you. I like your time. I like you're not a draining. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, how can we do this together? And it's nice where there are certain things where you can depend on them for as well. Like not mm-hmm. to the point of dependence, but yeah. like if you can't do that they can help yeah. you kind like of that, thing that's right? your task yeah you like doing that i don't like doing that okay mm-hmm. i'll pass it off to you exactly i want to know how to do that exactly but yeah if the time came up mm-hmm. and so there's a fun little um like diagram or whatever that he has this book kind of laid out as that i'll put up on the screen it's just kind of like an hourglass but it shows how you move from dependence to pub to private victory to independence to public victory to interdependence and how habit seven kind of encircles all of that yeah so we'll put that up yeah and then additionally there is um a quiz Mm -hmm. that we did that basically lays out where our personal effectiveness is in each habit and so jubes and i uh took that yes and it was fun. <laughs> it was enlightening. For sure. For sure. So you go first. And so <laughs> so for the effective effectiveness category, it's like highly, mostly, and less. Mm-hmm. And so highly is scores 85 and above. Mm-hmm. Mostly is 65 to 84. And less is 64 and below. Yeah. And so under habit one, it says that I follow in the mostly category at a 78 for um, for being proactive Mm -hmm. for habit two beginning with the end in mind i'm an 80 Mm -hmm. so i'm close but not quite 84 right um for habit three put first things first i'm at a 67 (laughs) nice um yep for emotional bank account i'm 73 for think when win i'm a 75 Mm mm-hmm uh, seek first to understand, then be understood. I'm a 63. Apparently, I'm closed off right now. <laughs> For synergy, I'm 95. I'm apparently highly effective at synergizing, which I can see. Yeah. I'm able to get a lot of people together and make things happen. That was how you ran the coffee shop, too. It was very synergistic. Yeah. You're like, you're good at this. You do that. Great. Love it. I'm going to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then habits I've been sharpened the saw. I'm 88, so I'm highly effective at habits six and seven nice but everything else just kind of falls in the mostly category and what was your overall score uh 77 nice yeah all right yeah um so habit one be proactive i'm gonna 45 (laughs) so that's an f um habit two begin with the end of mine i'm at a 55 um habit three i'm at 44 Uh, emotional bank account. I have a 78. I'm pretty sure that's my highest one. <laughs> so, love that. Um, I think win-win. I'm at a 70, so I think that's my second highest one. Uh, seek first to understand, then to be understood is 50, which I thought that one was very interesting because I, tr- I feel like I try very hard to understand what's going on but maybe with you're people. Not, maybe you're not listening fully. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That one was confusing to me. Uh, habit six, synergize sixty three, and then sharpen the saw sixty eight. So my overall score was fifty nine, <laughs> which is less effective in almost everything. <laughs> so that's super fun and funky and fresh, and we love that. But I don't know. I wish okay. that I wish that it was something where it was like. Because he shows you the answers that you gave on the test underneath it. I wish 
that he could almost be like, this is what I was looking for. Because okay. I got the scores. I don't know why. Yeah. Right? Like, what specifically do I need to work on for that? Right? That's my... Yeah. Um, my struggle with that. Like, I don't understand what these scores mean. And it's like, okay, well... I work to solve problems rather than avoid them. Do is this strongly disagree? Oh, here we are. Or so, strongly agree? Like I just need more of like an, an explanation almost. It's based on what you scored for each habit. I think so. Mm-hmm. More important, the overall score is the score for each habit. Knowing your score for each habit will allow you to identify where you are most effective and focus your study of practice with. Okay, so I'm not effective in anything. So almost almost like you need to. He's encouraging you to go through the book learn about what each habit means yeah and start putting into practice portions of those habits in order for you to be more effective in your communication yeah etc etc yeah so i'm gonna ignore that (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to try or you just don't want to try right now i don't feel like being attacked at this very moment in time so i'm going to push that away until i have the mental space to deal with it but does it feel like an attack it does yeah huh because i thought i was doing good i think i've come a long ways but you might have come a long ways I, yeah i definitely have but he doesn't know what where you came yeah. from and that's yeah that's the right? problem with this too so almost saving this mm-hmm. and referencing it a year from now yeah because then you were able to have like some tangible yeah evidence it's the same like, thing as like the first live blood analysis where you mm-hmm. feel like everything's wrong with me I'm, I'm failing yeah right and then yeah going back with more issues and be like oh but these things cleared up and you're like great yeah. we love that yeah so i'd almost encourage you to save that and then revisit and then, it yeah at when you're at a better point or something or see well, how good things thing are we have a whole video diary of this <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day you can do what you want to do but yeah, yeah. so that's fun and so, there's also this that's the key difference though i was raised trained mo- off of these principles yes exactly so no wonder i have higher scores mm-hmm. because i've been practicing this my entire Your existence entire yeah <laughs> and i read half the book a month ago so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but no it is definitely something there's a lot of the book that i've really tried to make a lot of what i've read of the book that i've tried to make um like more of my life instead of being like no i'm choosing to do this i don't need to do this i want to do this yeah like yeah focusing on just like little shifts like that so that i'm at least moving in the right direction yeah because i was you haven't had a lot of growth from what mm -hmm. i I knew you before you were a lot more closed off and scared and yeah you know yeah i've changed a lot in the last year which is kind of cool but so i've changed a lot in the last seven years like yeah yeah so so yeah that's fun (laughs) but so that is the seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey yeah and overall thoughts um i think it's very very good i would definitely recommend people to read it Mm -hmm. i wish that he almost had um like a condensed version because it feels like a lot of it wasn't like i understand that he needed it to make his point but i feel like it would be more accessible to people if it was in a more digestible format yeah because he's a lot of stories he's targeting a lot like you have to be um like university educated in order to understand a lot of what he's talking about Mm -hmm. and that closes off a giant portion of people Mm mm-hmm that yeah. can no longer access this information and it does make sense and a lot of it is like well no duh i knew that but it's like 
he does give you examples of like this is how you do this this is what it would look like and so it's very good in that scenario yeah yeah but, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I was shocked that there were so many principles that I just already live with my life mm-hmm. in it. But the same thinking back on it. Yeah. No shit. I was raised off of the principles on this book. Yeah. Right. So right? that's cool. And where like the practice wasn't always perfect. Mm-hmm. I, the idea is I know what is there. And so it was it was like going into like a psychology book. Where I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. I know this. Yeah. Right. No, I've, I've cool. had I've had exposure to this. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's now it's just comprehending. So it's almost like I'm reading the book for a second time. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of how it felt. Yeah. Um, but as you said, at first, when I first read it, I only mm-hmm. got 30 pages in and I yeah. didn't touch it again for well, that's exactly it. Of eight like, years. <laughs> just sometimes you're not in the headspace to absorb certain media. So don't force it because mm-hmm. you're going to get more out of it when you are open to it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So that, that was good. I would definitely give it like four or five stars. So. Yeah, I'm torn, I'm torn if I want to give four or five. I'd say four because I think it has a lot of good, good points. And I do think it's a, a good read. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't my favorite read we've ever yeah. read. Okay, four stars. But yeah, for the for the principles and the content, yeah, it gets at least a four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. yeah, no, it was very good. Yeah, so four for cool. me too. Perfect. Alrighty, well, that's our book club. Um, yeah, so, so next month we are reading... Uh, Accessing the Healing Power of the Vagus Nerve, Self-Help Exercises for Anxiety, Depression, Trauma, and Autism. Interesting. So, yeah, it's by Stanley Rosenberg. So, um, this could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. The Vagus Nerve we've touched on before, but it's basically your master nerve running up your spine. Mm-hmm. And it has so many... It's what is being stimulated when you go for a massage, and that's often why you feel so relaxed after a massage. Yeah, it feels like... Um, almost like a workbook Mm -hmm. so it'll like there'll be stories and stuff of like how it worked in people Mm -hmm. and then exercises for you to complete to see how it works Mm -hmm. with you as well so i think it'll be very very interesting yeah so i'm excited for i'm excited for this one this is Mm -hmm. like i love nerves yeah i think it'll be very very interesting to to see what it's like to understand the cranial nerves and the key of our psychological and physical well-being Mm mm-hmm Oh, he has a, his own, oh, built on Stephen Porg's polyvagal theory. Yeah, so. Cool. That should be fun. So I tune know. in to next month for that. For more on that. Cool. All right. And otherwise, I am Mac Joy. I'm It's Jupes. We are Sometimes Shabbat Slaps on all social media platforms. Our website is sometimesshabbatslaps.com. On our website, you can find links to all of our episodes, audio and visual, as well as our affiliate links, our book club, book club reviews, links to all the books. Everything you got to know about us is there. Yeah. Um, we are also Sometimes Shabbat Slaps on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok's been lacking. <laughs> That's okay. It's fine. Um, Instagram, we post a lot of like day-to-day life. Um, you can find various like episode clips, things that we find interesting mm-hmm. and polls and interactive. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more interactive and personal for us. So exactly. Mm-hmm. And right. on that note, that wraps us up today. Mm-hmm. That's enough. And so we'll see you next Tuesday. Ta-ta for now. Bye. Bye.